This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. In today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, we're talking all about how to make the most of podcast guesting as part of your visibility strategy. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you will know that podcasts are booming. And getting on other people's shows is a great way to leverage your own audience and to build your own audience and to grow the amount of people who know about what you do. But you've got to be strategic about it. However, one of the things that people often say to me is I just don't feel confident enough to get on to podcasts yet. And there's two things I want to tell you about that. First of all, we have the podcast membership. So if you want to find out much more about that, there will be content being released very soon about how to be a great guest and to learn the basics about everything you need. But before you get to that stage, you've got to have the confidence to own what you do, to own your expertise. And right now I have available my Confidence to Get Visible course, which is all about changing those limiting beliefs that you have opening up the doors of possibility for you and going through an online course with some group support that will help you change how you feel, change how you feel about becoming more visible, change how you feel about owning your space and what you do. So if you want to know more about that, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash confidence. But right now, I want to take you over to meet our special guest today. So we are joined by this wonderful person who specialises in booking podcast tours for entrepreneurs. She's got a 19-year track record of working in media, which includes starting in podcasting in 2007, just as podcasting was really starting to become the amazing vehicle that it is now, and hosted her own syndicated radio show. We're going to be sharing with you in this episode how you can use podcast guesting as a vehicle to strengthen your personal brand, how to gain credibility and authority and influence through getting on other people's podcasts. So today I'm joined by the absolutely lovely Kelly Glover from thetalentsquad.com. So Kelly, thank you so much for coming on to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. I'm very excited for us to have an in-depth chat about how podcasting works for people in business. And I think that this is a strategy that works whether you have your own show or whether you don't. So welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be voiceover radio compliant. <laughs> with you. It really is. So we're both sitting here with our microphones. I'm in my studio. We've had a good chat about you know our various setups because I know that you come from a radio background. Is that right? Yeah, I was commercial radio. So I say it that I know how to drive the Ferrari, but I don't know how to build it. I'm not a mechanic. And when you go into podcasting, you kind of have to learn a little bit about setting the tech up more than just sitting down and pressing all the buttons. So yeah, but your setup is beautiful. (laughs) My setup looks great on camera. I always joke about this. It looks amazing, my studio. So what I'm recording in at the moment is what used to be my airing cupboard. And the story behind that was that when I was disabled and I didn't think I'd walk again, this was the only room in the house where we could actually get the wheelchair in and out of without a big palaver. So this became the place where I grew and developed. And I love now that 
my podcast is international. I think now we're reaching 68 countries as of this month. But what's amazing is that the children, when they were little, used to come in here to play hide and seek and they weren't really allowed. And it looks amazing. But all around where they were, you know, their hand height when they were age two, they've picked off all the bobbles. So it all looks smooth, the bits that are on camera. But really, the reality of having it at home with the children is a whole other world. But (laughs) I think a lot of people who work from home have those issues. It looks camera ready. And I would not say airing cupboard. I'd say voiceover booth. <laughs> My voiceover, voiceover booth. booth. Well, it, I am in a voiceover booth. Like as the years went on, that we had the floors replaced, the doors replaced. Every, I mean, it is a proper voiceover booth, but it's, it sits in the centre of our house where our blankets and towels used to be stored. So yeah, We should all have such a beautiful airing cupboard. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's much more interesting than some folded sheets. So Kelly, we are today talking all about how to make sure that you incorporate being a podcast guest to build your business rather than just getting on some shows. So let's let's talk a little bit about that and how you help people. Yeah, so I run the Talent Squad. It's a podcast guest booking agency and we book podcast tours for entrepreneurs. This is relatively new. Podcasts, when I started university, when I went to radio school, were not invented. So the industry and the concept is just being developed, developed, developed every year. I've been booking for about six years now. I've had my own agency for three. And within that, the change is so rapid and we're discovering, oh, I just thought I was a guest, but actually this is happening. That's happening. Okay. This is a way to make it better. That's a way to make it better. Here's a strategic way to do things. Mm -hmm. So it's absolutely fascinating area to be in, but it's also getting more competitive because people are figuring it out. Yes. And I I think it's an exciting time. Podcasting is growing. And in the next 18 months, things like Google Play and Spotify are set to go head to head with iTunes, which just means that there's millions and millions of pounds of investment going into podcasting. So I talk about this a lot. The time is now, really. The time is yesterday. You need to get in. The time is yesterday. Yes. So for those of you who didn't manage to do it yesterday and didn't manage to get to be a podcast guest yesterday, how can they then make sure that they do get it done, that they do start this and incorporate it into their business? Yeah. So I think people think, okay, I want to get on a podcast, but that's about step five. There's a bit of prep in order for you to nail it and really, really squeeze the most juice out of this strategy. There are a few steps before. So the first one is, who do I want to talk to and what do I want them to do as a result of listening to me on a podcast? Because can you get booked on a podcast? Yes. Mm. But what is going to happen as a result of that is up to how much prep that you put in and what you do after the interview as well. So you need to figure out, like I said, who you're talking to, what you want them to do as a result, but you also need your messaging, you need your headshots, you need to, it's all about getting the right pitch to the right people for them to say yes, because you can get the pitch out there, but it's still got to be a yes for you to get through to the next step. So they're going to want to see your talking points. They'll want to see your one sheet. They'll want to see your press kit. So it's like a a little bit of a hallway of doors. You've got to get through the first door to get to the second Mm -hmm. door to get to the third door. So it's really being clear on what value you're bringing to the audience because we have a lot of people come into us say, hey, I've got a book. I want to promote my book. But the truth is no one cares about your book. They can't interview a book. They're interviewing you. And for their audience, they want to know, what can you teach my audience? What can they do as a result of you coming on the show? And you happen to be the expert and author of the book who has the information. Mm. So it's not about about you. Yeah. It's less about the, I've got a book. I want to talk about the book. It's about 
here's the solution in my book and I'm the person to tell your audience that because I've written a book. It's interesting you say that it's become harder to get onto the right shows to be a guest. I think it's because it works so effectively when you get it right. Knowing which audiences you want to get in front of, knowing who you want to position yourself alongside, it's powerful stuff. So if someone then is considering reaching out to a show and they haven't got those one kits, are there ways that they can kind of jumpstart those relationships? Or would you say that actually you're going to sabotage your results if you don't get everything together first? I would say if you don't have the ducks in a row, it is going to damage your personal brand. And you would know this because you would get pitched all the time and on your show, I'm sure. So the first thing is, if you don't have a great subject line, your email is not going to get open because people are now getting pitched hundreds of times. So that's even just to get the email looked at. Then you've got the first couple of lines within the email. And if it's, hi, I loved episode 46. I'd love to be a guest on your show because I'm awesome. You're not going to get in. So you have to pitch the problem, not the person, and know that there's actually multiple people in the pitch. You're actually pitching the audience is your target, not the host. The host is the one reading it and is the filter for the audience. So you really need to make your pitch for the audience. And the other thing is you're competing against the back paddle. So you may be amazing, but if somebody had already touched on that topic two episodes ago and you go and pitch the same thing, you might be the best person. You might even be better than the last person that spoke about it. But if that content is already covered, you're also not going to get in. So true. You you need to be self-aware about who you're pitching. You need to be self-aware about your topics and also have a look at the previous lineup and see how you fit in. So in that example, if that person is speaking about the same thing that you are, that's positive because you're on the right track. They pick them, you're on the right track. It just means you need to either add on to what they're saying or come in with a counterpoint to what they're saying. And it shows that you understand the audience, the content, but you're looking for white space or you're coming in with a different opinion. Yes, absolutely. And I think what I've seen with my show is that I do get very generic emails from people asking to be on my show. And I either think they've listened to maybe one episode or they've not listened at all, or they don't really have an understanding of what I'm talking about on my show and how it works and the kind of people who are listening. And they are immediate deletes. They just go, they just don't get passed on anywhere. And sometimes I think if you're approaching somebody else, it's not even just the host that you've got to pitch to. You're really pitching potentially to their VAs or their assistants, and you've got to get through all those loopholes. So you've got to stand out from the crowd, haven't you? Absolutely. Yes. Usually it's the host, the producer, a virtual assistant or a team member. They're the people. And even just knowing who you're pitching to will change the pitch. So that's what I'm saying, Anna. There's a lot of upfront before we haven't even pressed send on the email. And with you saying about all the assets, the one sheet and the media kit, I think it is important because if you get through the subject line, the first two lines, then they look at the media kit. This isn't a yes. This is just a ticking a box to get to the next round. Yes. And then they're going to do the cross-check and verify, which is they'll look at your website. They'll look at your LinkedIn. They'll look at your Facebook, your Instagram, previous episodes, because that's then the vetting process. So all that initial is just to get to, okay, I'll assess them. Are they good? And then that would be moving along to the yes. And if your messaging is different on Facebook, on Instagram, on all those things, if you don't have professional headshots, if you don't have any episodes you've done or examples of it, like a video, then you're probably not going to get through because they want to see that you can do the job. And they want to see that you're credible, that you really do represent what you're talking about. And as a podcast host, you are aware that you have some power and some influence and people want to get in front of your audience. And personally, for me, my reputation's on the line if I don't bring on a great guest. 
that reflects badly on me if I bring someone on who doesn't really know their stuff or isn't great on microphone or, or lacks confidence to share their opinions, then that really can make my show come across much less well. And I never want to take that risk. Absolutely. And if you do a weekly show, that's only 52 spots a year. Yes. That is not that many. And if you're getting pitched, and can you give us a behind the scenes on how frequently you get pitched, what you see, what you like, what you don't like? I get pitched probably show? every day. And for me, actually, my deciding factors are, do I know this person? Are they kind of connected to my wider network? I don't have to know them personally, but is there someone I know who can verify them? And actually, we were talking off air about a lot of my audiences in the UK at the moment. And I know that strategically that I want to shift and grow and, and the majority of my listeners are UK, but then I do have listeners around the world. And I know that strategically I want to grow and expand that. But if someone hasn't taken the time and attention to listen to my show, you can tell in the email, you can tell when it's a copy and paste job. And I don't even know how you know that, but intuitively you just think you've said this to everybody. And I'm actually not that interested in I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, that and the other. I'm not interested in your CV and your backstory. I want to know what you're bringing to the table and why it matters to you and why it should matter to me because that's much more interesting. But it is a fine line, isn't it? Because how do you position yourself as that expert if you don't want your pitch to be all about you? It's hard. I think it's credibility markers and what we were saying. And the credibility markers are on your platform across all mediums. So you can say, hey, I want to teach your audience about this. I've seen they've covered that. I think it would help them here. And then... I mean, then looking at the other, but, and then a two line, by the way, I'm a thing of thing company of X years, blah. Like you don't have to do paragraphs, paragraphs, paragraphs. No one's going to read it. And it's really just to get, like I said, it's just to get to the next step. Yes. You don't need to hear. It's equivalent of going on a first date and then asking somebody to marry you instead of a second date. You're just trying to get to the second date. And people are like, I've got a church booked at two o'clock on Tuesday. Here's the ring. Here's the dress. You just want a second date. So I would think about it like otherwise it's, well, too much. Didn't ask that. Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about how many other people are pitching to that host as well, well, if they all look generic, if they all look exactly the same, then there's nothing that makes you stand out from the crowd. But at the same time, on the other side of this, wanting to get onto other people's shows, I'm very aware that people have three, four, five months booked up in advance. So if I know that I want to get on a whole load of shows, and I'm talking here about the podcasts that are really great podcasts that have a great listenership that have already built and established their audiences, they are more challenging to get onto. If you want to get onto a podcast show, you can probably do that pretty easily with people who are just starting out or don't have their own connections. But actually, in order to do this strategically, you want to make sure you're on the good podcasts. You're on the ones where people have a really great following because otherwise it's kind of scattergun approach and you want to be targeted. It is, but it's also if you haven't been on any before, smaller shows are actually a great option because the bigger shows are going to, again, cross-check and verify and they want to see you've been on the smaller shows. You can't go to the Olympics if you're just in the, I don't know what's it called, like Little League or whatever it's called. I'm not a sporting person. I was trying to use a sporting analogy. Fail. All right. We'll just roll with that one, Kelly. We'll go with that one. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) But um, if you're going for a bigger show, they want to cross-check and verify, okay, what other shows have they been on? And then like they might do as a producer and you're an ex-active radio person, you can listen to 30 seconds and you can tell. So you can burn through three or four episodes. Oh, yep. They know what they're talking about. I can hear they're confident. Yep, 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 yep. It's just checking producers and people looking for shows. Just check boxes along the way and then they'll do a deep dive. But it's just box check, box check, box check, box check. 
okay, right, let's have a proper look now. And you can pick up that microphone confidence. You can hear how easy someone is in that space or how challenging it is for them to get their viewpoint across. Oh, in 30 seconds, you and I both could listen to something and one time and be like, yes or no, instantly. Mm. And with the camera confidence and the microphone confidence, if you are new to podcasting, here's the thing, you know your expertise. We are not questioning that. We know you're an expert in your field, but with the confidence, you can just, in the the talent squad, we call it practice in private before you go public. So my laptop, I've got a bazillion things on the bar at the bottom of it, whatever it's called. And there's a bunch of camera things. So I can just record myself talking to myself even for three minutes a day until I get confident. And then I can do some podcasts because a lot of people are introverts and they're scared of doing media. Podcasts are perfect for that. You're speaking to one person at home in a setup on your own timeline and you can absolutely do it. So we call it the speaking tour you can do without leaving the house. And it really is. Could you go on a speaking tour every single week to a different conference in the year? No. Can you do a podcast and reach those niche audiences? Yes. So one of the things you do with the Talent Squad is you help people, entrepreneurs and business owners to do podcast tours. Tell us why that makes a difference as opposed to just doing the odd episode here and there. I'm just using this term for us. That's what we call it. But you can still book yourself. It's the same concept. We just do it in packages of say like 12 and then it's consistency. If you do one podcast, it's probably not going to do very much. It's like going to the gym on January 1, never going for the rest of the year and expecting to stay fit. That's not going to happen. Here, one podcast is not going to magically change your business, even if it's Tim Ferriss. You know what I mean? Because when people see you, oh, okay, there's Anna. Yep, I saw her on that show. Oh, there she is on that show. Oh, there she is. And they might see you on four things before they actually go and listen to you. And in their head, they're like, she's important. She's been popping around everywhere. Everyone said yes to her. And as we were saying before, it's the warm introduction. Because people have said yes to you, they've only got, say, 52 spots. That means you are special because you were one of the people that got through and it's that warm introduction. So I'm nodding heavily. When I launched my book back in November, sort of three, four months ago now, I did 30 podcast episodes for other people's shows in the space of just under 30 days, which was... So that's a podcast tour. That was a podcast tour, but I did that all from my airing cupboard slash voiceover studio. And it was because I got people saying, oh, I'm seeing you everywhere. You're everywhere in podcast land at the moment. And that actually gave me a lot more credibility, never mind the fact that I'd written a book. And when you write a book, you do want to get your message in front of as many people as possible. People need to hear about you. They need to hear about your story. But ultimately, they don't listen because it's you. They listen because they're going to get something out of it. Oh, absolutely. They're not searching for you to listen to you on a podcast. They're listening to a show they already listen to, or they're searching for something they want to find an answer to a topic that they're interested in. This is a really daggy term, but it's so true. Edutainment. Podcasts, really. People want to learn and they want to be entertained. That's why they're listening. That's why I listen to podcasts. Yes. Yeah. And And it's that boost of energy and inspiration and motivation. So you've kind of got to be with it when you're on an episode as well. Yeah. And unlike radio and other forms, people listen to podcasts as a whole. You hear people say, oh, I'm in the middle of a podcast. You're not in the middle of a blog post or an Instagram post. You kind of scroll, you might catch something, but podcasts are very intentional and you can listen to it on the way to work, on the way to the shops, on the tube, whatever, and then press pause and you come back to it later. 
So that's 30 to 60 minutes you're spending with someone. And if you're a guest on a podcast, they can hear if you're excited, they can hear if you're boring. They can tell if you know what you're talking about, if you believe what you're talking about, or if you're just saying it. So there's a lot of information you can get very, very quickly from hearing somebody's voice, especially for half an hour, how they interact with the host. And I believe it expedites the know, like, and trust factor. I can do all those things and I will. But this, I will feel like I know you at the end of the episode and I'll like you or I won't. And either way, it's great for both of us, but it raises your expert status. It's credibility. It's authority. It's real influence for people will actually go and do something. It strengthens your personal brand. It's access to niche audiences. Podcasts are amazing as the host and as the guest. Oh yeah, I agree. I'm completely sold on this. And this is one of the things we talk about inside the podcast membership is that you need to know your stuff. You need to make sure that you're making the most of this medium because it's growing. And I know that in the States that you're ahead of the game with us. You've got so many more listeners in your demographics than we have. And I think particularly here in the next 18 months, that's really going to explode. Now is the great time. I'm telling you in the last three to six years, it's so competitive now. Mm. And if you are smart and doing it, just even starting, you don't have to do 30 podcasts, just start with one, get the ball rolling. And yes. that will really change your, you, your reputation and your business. Well, podcasts kind of work like a search engine in a way, don't they? So you do one episode with somebody on their show. The next time you do an interview, you're going to come up in the search terms. You're going to become up on the other shows that you've guested on. So people can literally, if they like you and they like the interview you've done, they can go from one show you've been on to the next, to the next, to the next. And that's really Really powerful. It is. And that SEO does show up in different places because of the show notes. Mm. So people might find a podcast interview you did on somebody else's show instead of your website. That is amazing. So mm. that's why the more you do, the better it is because every show is a link back to your website as well and you yeah. being in other people's audiences. Yeah. And we all like those backlinks. They're really important, <laughs> you know, domain authority. So what are the main things that you see people doing wrong then, Kelly? I think exactly what you said, Anna, as somebody that gets pitched is, hi, insert generic, listen to episode, here's all about me, I want to be on your show, I've got a book and I'm an amazing entrepreneur. So what, if the answer is, so what, who, yes, you just said it, so what, who cares, next. So I think that's a big mistake people make. And I think one of the big mistakes people make is pitching before they're really ready and have all their ducks in a row. So just pitching out, but when you go and check them, they're not doing what they say or their picture's funny here, their picture's funny there, their messaging is here, their messaging is there. Like they really don't have their personal brand on. The personal brand is crucial. Yeah, and I think I think you've got to know when you interview as well where you want to be guiding people towards. Do you have things like your lead magnet or your opt-in that you can mention? Do you have something that's potentially specific to that show as well that just gives you that credibility that you've thought it through, that you are a business leader, that you are making the most of this incredible platform and the audience that you're in front of? Yeah, I think so that comes down to interview prep. And I'm sure that again, like with your profession, you know, all this stuff, but it's having that messaging, but it's also putting the sound bites into the interview, putting the keywords into the interview Mm -hmm. and not just being a little robot saying the same thing all the time, actually listening to the host, answering the questions, bringing the value to the audience And then having that call to action in there and being very clear instead of saying, oh, you can find me on Instagram and I've got a lead magnet and I've got a website and I've got a, that's to give people one thing to do so they can remember it. Because again, it's the first date. I'm probably not going to buy your 997 course after I've heard you once. I want to do my own cross check and verify. So I would invite people to think, 
if you've heard somebody on a podcast or any other media, how do you go on your, let's use the term customer journey, and that needs to be an expectation you also set? Because I think people may have a bit of unrealistic expectations of, I want to go on this show and then I want the person to buy the book immediately after hearing me for the first time. That's probably not how it works. No, they not. and that's why it's important to do lots of different shows because they might then episode hop and show hop. So it's interesting what you were talking about there, that expectation. When we're talking about return on investment for your time that you would take to get on podcasts, some people think, well, if I'm going to make this a strategy that works for my business, you know, I need to get the thousands of pounds and thousands of dollars in. So I want to promote my core offer. That's not really the way to do it, is it? That's not what's going to work. It's the first day, get them. And it's really for them. It could be join my Facebook group. It could be follow me on Instagram. It could just be go to my website. If you have a lead magnet, I know a lot of people do love a lead magnet, but sometimes I think we just get overwhelmed by lead magnet. And then we're just going to use the fake email address we always use to get the lead magnet. So it goes in the junk and we don't have to be bothered by it every day. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But also with the lead magnet, usually they're a PDF and they can be out of date. So if you do go to a website and have a little banner, heard me on a podcast, click here or whatever whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That can be updated where podcasts are evergreen. So if I'm listening in five years, that lead magnet very well could be out of date. And podcasts, people do listen. I listen to shows and binge something that's made three years ago and people do. And it's only the timeline is only going to get longer. So podcast guesting is a long play. It is cumulative. You're right. The more you go on, the better it is. You do need to be prepared, but just know that it's evergreen. And when you're doing any promotion, lead magnets, call to action, just think, is that relevant in five years? Uh, that's really good advice. This is not something you're not going to suddenly get results because you've done a couple of shows. As you say, I find a show that I love and I will listen to them all. I'll probably listen to the the, you know, the most recent ones first. And then I'll think if I love this show, I'm going to do the entire back catalogue and I'm going to probably burn through them over the course of a month or something. So yeah. you've got to think, go on. I'm going on, a, oh, I'm going on a flight soon. A friend of mine's going on a road trip. People save podcasts up. You know how you save up a binge watch on Netflix? Often people will save a podcast binge up and like you said, roll through them. Yes. So that is a thing. Yeah, that's a real thing. So Kelly, for someone who is starting to think about getting onto podcasts, what would be the three things you'd advise them then to use this as a visibility strategy? Well, the first thing I would say is do a self-assessment, do an audit of yourself how do I show up? Do I have everything in place? Am I ready? Because putting the time into that instead of, like you said, scattergun approach, it takes time to pitch. It takes time to research. You don't want to spend hours doing that and you haven't really had everything ready. So get step one out of the way and tweak a few things. That's it. Second, make sure you're vetting the shows in the two-way process. So is the show a fit for you? Yeah, maybe Tim Ferriss is. I use him because that's what everybody always says. Like, I want to get on the Tim Ferriss show. That show may be perfect for you, but are you perfect for that show and are you ready? You may not be today. You may want to wait a year till you've got those reps under your belt that we've spoken about with the smaller shows before you pitch that because pitching a show out of your league is damaging to your personal brand. So start where you are and on comparable shows. Doesn't mean you won't get there tomorrow, but maybe just think about it and get those in. And then build up your portfolio of, I've been on this show, this show, this show, this show. And when they, like you said, they search, they'll see that you've been on a bunch of shows. Mm -hmm. So 
make sure you're ready, make sure you know exactly who you're pitching to so you don't waste that time and then have the after part ready. So you nail that because just getting the interview, that's not the end because you could do the interview, not nail it and the host may never air it. That's what we, just because they've said, yes, if I mess this interview up and you don't like what I say, you may edit it or you may never air it. And that does happen. That does happen to people. Yeah, I'm a guest in your house and that's up to you and I need to respect that. But then there's also my part. So the next part of that is I need to promote this interview. I can't just go on your, well, I can, but it's not right in my opinion to just go on your show. I need to promote leverage and repurpose that. So after it, I need to share it. I need to tag you. I need to put it in my social queue. I need to make sure as many people see this show as possible. And there's a lot of ways you can repurpose and even just put like a little, hey, I was on this podcast at the bottom of your email. How many emails do we send? Thousands. Mm -hmm. So just by updating that to people that you already know, they can listen to the show as well. So there's a lot of ways to promote, leverage and repurpose the interview after it's gone live. As a host, you really remember the people who did that for you. And you do notice the people who did nothing. You do notice, you remember those things. And part of podcasting and part of being a guest is you want to build relationships and potential collaboration somewhere down the line. And so if you've gone on someone's show and had a great conversation, but then you've done nothing to help them afterwards, that can be a little bit eggy. And I think you want to be remembered as the person who, the guest that went that extra mile, because then you may well be invited back in a year's time when your audience has grown, when their audience has grown. And that gives you even more credibility, I think. It absolutely does. Yeah, there's a second bite at the cherry for sure, especially with podcasts. And then the audience already knows you. So you can go on not having a book and then you may write a book and you want to promote that book. The audience knows you, the host knows you. So instead of waiting till I've got a book, I want to go on a podcast, which is absolutely fine. You don't have to wait till you've written a book to go on a podcast, Yeah, but you can go back when you've got one. And that's pretty powerful. Great, Kelly. It's been so interesting talking to you today. So if any of you have been thinking that you want to start podcast guesting and really use it as a strategy, then make sure you go and find out all about Kelly Glover. We'll have all of Kelly's links into the show notes. Where else is the best place to find you, Kelly? TheTalentSquad.com. There you go. That's the place. So thank you so much for coming on today, Kelly. It's been great to chat. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. I hope that you've really enjoyed this discussion with Kelly about how to make the most of podcast guesting as a part of your business strategy, as a vehicle to get you out there. And if you do feel that you just want to get these things, you want to grow your platform, but you're lacking the confidence to be seen, to be heard and be remembered, come over and find out about my Confidence to Get Visible course at annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash confidence. It's seriously been life-changing for those who have done it before. I hope to see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.